are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. And you can follow him on Twitter at HP Basketball. And we are here to break down all of last night's action. We thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen of the day. Matt, we have so much to get to. So many games. 13 friggin' games tonight. It was an absolutely terrific night of basketball. A lot of compelling storylines, a lot of compelling moments, a lot of compelling performances. Um, also, the Pelicans and Thunder played. <laughs> We're going to get to all of that for you guys right now. But first, this episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always be in there. Matt, say the line. I'm loving it. <laughs> All right. So I, I think, where are we stopping first on this trek? This this voyage across 13 games, a 13-game slate, Matt. Where do you want to go first? Uh, well, let's trail. Let's start where the sun went down. Okay, let's go out to the West Coast, to the balmy beaches in Somewhere out in LA. I don't really know where they are. I don't ever get to see them. Anyway, uh, Lakers heat was one of those delightful, completely drunk games. Just a sloppy mess that was hilarious that went to overtime because of ineptitude. Um, To set it up, no LeBron, right? Still out. Jimmy Butler suffers an ankle sprain. Early on, he's out. No Jimmy Butler for the Heat. And so you have the leftover Heat without Markeith Morris following um, the assassination by Nikola Jokic (laughs) going up against the Lakers (laughs) without LeBron. And it just, I mean, the Lakers trailed this entire game, Jackson. And then the Heat, all they had to do, all the Heat had to do is keep their composure. And uh, I have a super burning hot take for you. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Before we get so, the I'm, so, I'm so not ready for okay. it. Uh, I was at the game Monday where uh, Nikola Jokic hit somebody from behind and somehow earned a lot of players' respect. Uh, I'm very confused, but it's true. Um, stood up for himself, yada, yada, yada. They talked about that last night or on Tuesday's show. The Heat, this was my big thing from that game, is I was really surprised. Spo put his starters back in. Jimmy Butler broke rotation. Butler usually doesn't start the fourth. He started that game. They put the pedal down to try and mount a comeback versus a pretty physical Denver Nuggets team. That sounds crazy, but it's true this year. They're very physical. And they were pretty tired and frustrated by the end of the game, which is why I wasn't surprised when tensions boiled over. Tonight, no Butler. That team was dragging in the fourth quarter. Like, the ramifications of Monday's brouhaha directly carried over into tonight's just drunken slot fest in the fourth quarter, which led to the Lakers mounting an incredible comeback. Russell Westbrook hits two great midi shots, great mid-range shots, including a Dirk one-legged step-back fadeaway. 
Are they great other. shots though? Is the problem because like that's you know that that's that's where I come away thinking is like okay yeah he hit the shots but like do you just kind of you, you just live with those shots from Russ because then like he, he comes down with, this. you know I'll, at the end I'll of regulation <laughs> right the one the pull up three that he missed at the end of regulation that's the bad Russ that's that's the price you pay for all for the good that you get with him now um limited is there a more is. polarizing force than russell westbrook in the nba i'm just gonna put it out there like he not. The, no. the the good is so good with russ and then the bad is just so bad it's from so somebody bad. who's covered him for an entire season like it, it's 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 so rough and he's been like this for a year you know it's always these guys that are super aggressive high profile low efficiency like those guys you know, are just you, always intensely intense in in all of this, I mean, in in all the antics leading down the line, right? You know, you had the 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 PJ Tucker putback slam where he actually got yep. off the ground. You, I mean, a jump <laughs> slot for the year. Yep, there's one <laughs> jump that he got. He won't he won't be and able then, to jump until 2022. You had the back to back offensive fouls late on Bam Adebayo, who struggled with foul trouble in the first half. You know, finally actually gets to play in this game in the third quarter. Starts lighting up the Lakers in the third quarter. Picks up his fourth and fifth fouls, you know, with what, under two minutes remaining in regulation. And I think above all else, of, of all the drunkenness in this game, Tyler Harrow had a shoe problem. Like what, what <laughs> happened where he goes, he's like, he checks out and they're like, wait, where's Tyler Harrow? He's not in the game. And, and suddenly they're like, he's over on the sideline and he's like fixing his shoe. Jimmy Butler's offering him his shoe. What's happening? And I'm just like, what is happening in this game? It was absurd. And then to, to cap it all off, the Lakers actually blew their defensive assignment on the final possession of the game, right? Tyler Harrow had a yep. wide open look. Wide open. And, and just, and he bobbled the pass. I think he was so shocked he was that wide open, he bobbled the pass and then missed the shot. And that was all she wrote. But man, this was just a ridiculous game. Like, and it was, it, the problem was, it was also like, for the earlier stage of this game, it was kind of one of those like grinded out, like it almost felt like a playoff game sort of because it was yeah. just like really just intense, physical, like I, I don't know. And it, it did, it had no like flow to it. And then the fourth quarter rolls along and it's like, okay, like everybody's starting to hit shots now. It's picking up and it was, it was a fun game. I, I enjoyed this game thoroughly. So, I mean, this is like an incredible rust line. Okay, so he goes 5 of 10 in the fourth quarter. For the game, he has 25 points on 22 shots with 12 rebounds, 14 assists, and 8 turnovers. <laughs> but he winds up at plus 10. Um, Anthony Davis had 24 points but was 10 of 23. And honestly, I thought he played really badly. Like, I did not think Anthony Davis played well in this game. There were possessions in late in the game in regulation and overtime that they switched, and he had Kyle Lowry on him, and Lowry just, like, ate his lunch. Like, there was just nothing to be done. Like, this is a problem. Like, we got to stop calling Anthony Davis the best big man in basketball, folks. We've got we got to stop this. We, we got to. On the Heat side of things, I don't know how many it was in a row, but – Kyle Lowry missed so many threes, so many two shots. of 10, two of 10 shooting from behind the arc. And I like I, in a just, and it just kept going. And it's just yep. at one point it was either near the end of regulation or maybe it was an overtime attempt where I was just like, okay, he's got to hit this one. Like I was thinking to myself, like he's missed so many, like he's just due for one. Like at that point I was just like, come on, Kyle, you can do it. I believe in you. And just brick, just at brick after brick after brick. And even though he was doing an excellent job, like feeding others, setting up others, he was feeding Bam just 
completely, you know, especially during that stint in the third quarter where man was just feasting, getting to the free throw line a lot. That was great. But the outside shooting, the fact that he couldn't convert at all definitely killed them. So this is like, this is really interesting, right? Because the Lakers entire problem has been they couldn't compete with three point shooting in previous seasons. Um, Tonight, they took more three pointers and they made eight more. Like the Lakers in part hung in this game because they had such a huge edge from three point range. Malik Monk goes four of seven from three point range, Avery Bradley five of eight. And like, that's your ball game. Like that's really the differential. This is also, I'll say this, um, look, the Heat lost, you know, their second road game. They lost by three in a, on the road in overtime. So it's hard to say that's a bad loss. It's just when you face, when you come in to this road trip and it's like, all right, you lost to the Celtics, but you're the best team in the East. You have run over the Nets. You ran over the Bucks, kind of. They were missing everybody, but sure. Um, you, you look like this super dominant team. You beat the Jazz. Then you come in and there's the whole debacle on Monday and you follow it up by losing to a LeBron-less Lakers team. That's that that's not a great look. Their half-court offense is a problem. Like Miami has a problem in half-court. They are relying on transition defense. I'll say this, if Jimmy Butler doesn't get hurt, they close this game. Like both teams, both sides can definitely throw out their guy and be like, look, if we had Jimmy Butler, we're closing that game out. Probably. But if the Lakers have LeBron James, we don't know how that goes either. So it, it cancels out to a degree. I am, will just say that at some level, your offense, even without Jimmy Butler, needs to be able to function and look like it knows what it's doing. The Heat half-court offense is seriously just a lot of like, uh, Jimmy and or Tyler Hero, please do something. Please, will you just please do anything for us? I, I, I can't wait for somebody to misaggregate you and say that you said that Jimmy Butler cancels out LeBron James. Looking forward to that. That's going to be good. all kinds of fun. Um, with that, let's let's take a, a, a wonderful jaunt around the rest of the league, uh, get to some of these other games on the docket. Uh, we have the Brooklyn Nets just absolutely blowing out the Orlando Magic, 123-90. to 90. Uh, The Nets now 8-4 and four on the season. Kevin Durant, 30 points leading the way in this one. Uh, an absolute blowout. Not much to really look at there between those two teams. What else we got next, Matt? How about the Boston Celtics handling Toronto? They win 104-88 and basically never trailed in this game. Um, no Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum goes 8 of 24. Tatum had 22 points on 24 shots. And the Celtics rolled them. Robert Williams was terrific in this game. 8 of 11, 16 points, 13 boards. Williams was absolutely everywhere. Um, The Celtics did get 15 off the bench from Josh Richardson. Oh my gosh, Josh Richardson had a good offensive game. Like, what a crazy night in the association. Um, Dennis Schroeder starting 20 points, 8 of 15, 4 assists, uh, 2 of 3 from 3-point range. The Celtics just absolutely had all the answers. The Raptors have now lost three after winning five straight. I do not know who this team is. I have no idea. Scotty Barnes had 21 points on seven of 11 shooting and is probably inching his way towards rookie of the year, leading that pack as we approach the first quarter mark of the season. Um, Fred Van Vliet had a miserable night. Uh, Fred Van Vliet had a miserable night. And Anobi had 14 points on 14 shots. I I don't know who this Raptors team is. I'm going to be very real with you, Jackson. I, I st- every time I think that I, I'm like, okay, I guess the Raptors are, are a good team. It turns around. And I'm like, I guess the, the Raptors are kind of a, a bad team. And now, I mean, they're, they're 500. Maybe that's who they are. 
I have no idea what to expect game to game from Toronto, but Boston all of a sudden after looking miserable and that huge collapse versus Chicago, they've started to get it back together. Coming up, we are going to dive into more games from this slate. We've got we got to talk about the number one and number two overall picks going at each other, as well as what took place in the garden between the Bucks and Knicks and so many more other games. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag because, look, BetOnline is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of your basketball and football action this season head to their new updated website sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your very first deposit just use promo code locked on to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus again they've got you from basketball football they've got you nhl boxing ufc even your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and continuing on here at locked on nba thursday he is matt moore i am jackson gatlin we thank you for making locked on nba your first listen of the day gonna knock out a couple more of these games here we'll just knock out one more here that was just another absolute blowout san antonio spurs 136 over the sacramento kings 117 uh dejounte murray leading the way for the spurs with 26 points as well as six rebounds seven assists two steals 11 and 21 shooting for DeJounte Murray the Spurs had a lot of bench contributions off the bench Bryn Forbes with 15 Lonnie what three guys all with 15 points off the bench another 17 off the bench for Thaddeus Young as well so a lot of bench production for the Spurs in this absolute route of the Sacramento Kings Matt we've got another one floating around over here too what, what do you got for me the Thunder beat the Pelicans. Let's move on. No, I'm, okay. Uh, Shea Gillers Alexander goes for 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, Lou Dort. How about Lou Dort with 27 on eight of 13? Um, attacked all night. Look, I just, this Pelicans team without Zion and Ingram is just helpless. Like they are helpless. Their veteran talent is built or was designed to be built around those two. They're not there. So it looks terrible. Um, I will say Nikhil Alexander-Walker, NAW with 33 points and 10 rebounds on 10 to 22 shooting, hit four threes. That's not bad. Devontae Graham had 18 on 18 shots, if that's your kind of thing. Um, the Thunder defense, I'll say this, OKC's got a little bit more under the hood defensively than I think people realize, and it's going to keep them in games until Sam Presti um, starts inventing things for them to be wrong with players so that they, they can tank. This is... They're winning too many games so far. This has got to be alarming for Sam Presti. So um, anyway, there's, there's only there's only two teams left with only one win. The, uh, and the, the the Pelicans season is over, and that's wild for us to say that already. But I'm ready to call it. It's done. Yeah, one and eleven starts uh, a little hard to overcome. Uh, and again, there's only two teams left now with one win apiece, uh, which might be a good spot to move us over Segway. into Who's the other one. Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> Houston Rockets falling to the Detroit Pistons uh, in the battle of, uh, I can't call it the rookie of the year battle yet because neither Cade nor Jalen are at the front of the rookie of the year, like race right now, uh, frankly, like being completely honest, but those are the two names that everybody thinks are going to be the there at the electric? tail end of the season. We were at this game with the building electric. 
the building was electric and then it was suddenly not electric as the pistons went on their little run at the tail end of the game to kind of seal things uh the rockets getting within a bucket you know 103 100 down down late stretch of the game and then the pistons just made the right plays at the tail end uh but the main draw of this game was Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green, and those two guys delivered. They absolutely did. Um, Jalen Green finishing his night 23 points on 8 of 20, shooting 3 of 11 from behind the arc, had five boards, two assists, and then on the other side of the aisle, Cade Cunningham with 20 points on 8 of 18, shooting, had four boards, three assists, two steals, and a block. And when I tell you that there was a little bit of chippiness between Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham, um, first off, might be a little bit one-sided because based on some comments from Cade post game that we'll get to in a second. Um, yeah, 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 I got it. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> okay. so oh man. All right. Well, Jalen green had himself a dunk where he, you know, exploded, got past Cade dunked, you know, emphatically, and then had some, had some words for Cade Cunningham after said dunk. And then post game Cade delivered this quote that I will let you deliver unto us now. Nothing I heard tonight held any real weight. It was all for the cameras, I thought. Just savage. Like, this is... Oh, I cannot wait to talk. We have, I have a piece on this for you in Stockwatch. I'm so excited for it. It's so great. This Pistons team is so bad, and yet the Rockets somehow lost to them, which, good for their tanking effort. Um, I will ask you this, though. Wasn't the real difference tonight that Alperin Shagoon wasn't, wasn't that Wasn't that the difference tonight? Hey, man, I, you know what? The Rockets offense looked abysmal, and that's that's all I'm going to say about that. If you want to hear me rant and complain about the Rockets offense, go check out Locked on Rockets. But we're going to revisit the Cade versus Jalen debate in Stockwatch, so stay tuned for that in our third segment. But uh, that, that's enough on Rockets-Pistons. We don't need to talk about two bottom feeder teams, you know, trading blows with each other uh, at 6 p.m. on a weeknight. So anyways, let's, Matt, where are we going next? Where do you, uh, what, which, which next game are we tackling? Let's go to the Battle of the East Titans. Wizards-Cavs. Huge game. Absolutely and actually huge, like legitimately a huge game. Um, you're saying it, you're saying it so with such a, sar- a sarcastic tone, but like, but like for true. real, Wizards-Cavs. Is it, yeah. is it? Is it 2010 again? Like, what's happening? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so the Wizards got off to a really great start. They were stifling everything that the Cavs do off ball. I did a big piece on them for Action Network, the Cavaliers, and I talked about the Wizards as well. And my conclusion was actually, I believe that eventually the Wizards or the Cavs, I think, have a little bit more sustainability for what they're doing right than the Wizards do. There's some defensive stuff with the Wizards, I think, that's a little uh, that's a little concerning in terms of their profile. But they did a really good job tonight. The Wizards are just a veteran-capable team. Kyle Kuzma, who I was not big on in his L.A. days, I thought he was, like, he suffered from that whole Lakers effect where it's like everyone wants to put the cart before the horse. I thought last year he was really good. I was surprised when he got removed from the rotation. He was excellent in this game. Just did a lot of little things on the defensive end for the Wizards. But the Wizards still kind of still ran out. Like the, the Cavs had this game and was in control and had a chance to get this thing done. Had the league going into the final minute. And then Kuzma hits a three. Kuzma, Kuzma. <laughs> Kuzma hits two three-pointers to go from down 89-93 to up 95-94. Garland misses a three-pointer at the end. Kispert gets a layup at the end, assault it, and that's your ballgame. And it was was a really good game between two really good defenses. 
two uh two teams that look uh, they're still being led by defense right now. Like that's where both of these teams are kind of making are still making hay. The Cavs, I think, ran into a bad matchup here. In general, they'll be okay. Bradley Beal, thirteen points on four of nineteen shooting, still can and like he was hitting the backboard. Jackson, like he was yeah, bouncing shots off of the backboard. No, no rim. It was it was a, it was a rough four of nineteen, and I think that's kind of the testament to this Wizards team, right? Through so so, so much of this early season, they've been able to to stack up wins despite some really like frankly atrocious performances from Bradley Beal, which has yeah. not historically been the case for this Wizards team. Montrez Harrell, who again, like was such a liability for the Clippers in their playoff runs. He's been so good on both ends of the floor this year, like eight to 12 tonight, 24 points, 11 boards, a plus five. They won the minutes with them. Like this came down to the Cavs bench was actually pretty good in this game, but the starters had a lot of trouble. Evan Mobley was a minus 11. Like he had 19 on seven to 15 points. Cause he's really good. And also in that rookie of the year conversation, um, Jared Allen did the thing, but they couldn't get, they just couldn't generate enough offense to be able to compensate. And the Cavs, the, or the Wizards defense again was really good. The Wizards shot uh, 41.7% in this game, but they got to the line um, for 17 times. The Wizards got the line 21 times. A lot of free throws in this one, actually. Um, and in the end, they hit like one more three. This was a really competitive game that was a lot of fun to watch. If you get a chance, go back and watch Wizards-Cavs. Um, it's genuinely a really good watch between two really good teams. Let's go all the way up north. Uh, let's go bucks Knicks next, because this was a game where the Knicks looked like they were about to be out of it, right? Bucks go up by 24, I think was their was their biggest lead. And mm-hmm. they look like they're firmly in control of this game. You know, they were kind of trading blows for a little while. And then they just, they, they build up this massive lead and you just kind of look away and you're like, okay, yeah, like the Bucks have this, right? Right. And then suddenly tail into the third quarter, Knicks get a little bit of momentum, a couple buckets quickly, rows, turnover by the Bucks. And then that fourth quarter, you just start just snowball. And suddenly the Knicks find themselves, you know, they go on this massive run. They're back in this game. They cap it all off. They tie things up at 89 after being down by as many as 24 off of Emmanuel quickly three-pointer. And then they're, again, just right back in this game, trading blows with the Bucks, back and forth, back and forth. And it looks like the Knicks have a legit chance to win this game. And then Pat Connaughton just drills... I think it was three triple three triples in a row, like not not in a row in a row, but within the final like two and a half minutes of this game, three minutes, like all in very rapid, rapid fire, quick succession. So when you look at the final box score of 112 100 for the Bucks Knicks, it's, it doesn't tell the story of the game at all because it was a close game. Then the Bucks blew it wide open. Then the Knicks fought all the way back. And then the Bucks managed to blow it wide open again in the final like two and a half minutes of the game. I disagree with you on this. I get it. They okay. tied it. They could have won. I get it. Tibbs, Tibbs fell for the trap, man. You can't like, I, I'm surprised that as many games as he's coached, he tried this. You cannot leave the bench in for that long. That was going to be okay. That, and that was that I had that note written down too, because I am on a like catch 22 on this. I love the concept and the take and the idea of like leaving in the unit that like got you back in the game and like, nope. won, you know, or won you the game. No, I, 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 you can, you, we can disagree about this all day. I love that idea, but it, there's a, there's a threshold on it. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you can't run them that much extended burn. Right. Because they're going to, they're going to gas out. 
So that's the trade-off. Like I'm a big proponent of like, you know, if a bench player has you in the game, like ride the hot hand, right? Like he should be in your closing lineup, not your de facto starting five. But in this case, Tibbs was like, no, I'm keeping the whole bench unit in. See, the problem is once you go to this, you can't walk, walk it back. Like the only way this works is if you take a two minute stretch and you invert it, right? You invert it with starters and bench where, all right, so he subs in most of the of the bench at like the 650 mark a third quarter. You cannot play NBA players, especially veterans like Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, 18 straight minutes. That's you can't. You're not like they're gonna run out. Like you are not gonna win the game doing that. And I get the people are gonna be like, they only lost because of the comments and barrage. I get it. You're not gonna have enough to get the stops that you need. You're just they are going to burn out. And that never works. Like I've seen so many coaches make that mistake through the years. Like they, they, you know, the, the bench gets them back into it and they're so disgusted with the starters and they want to like teach them a lesson. If you're going to do that, you literally have to, and like, you have to be like, Hey starters, you're going back in for like two minutes, but the starters going to be pissed then because the starters like you bench me. I'm not going in for like a two minute stint. Like that's where it all gets jacked up. Like it's at that point, it's already messed up. If they pull it off. Okay. It's very rare that they do. Uh, they didn't tonight great effort but this is part of it you burn all your energy making the comeback and then it's like it's a fake comeback you burn all the energy getting back into the game but then you don't have anything left to close it yeah tough tough loss for the knicks after fighting really hard to try and get back into it coming up we're going to get through the rest of our games on our slate that we've got in front of us the massive 13 game slate but first a quick message from our friends over at mcdonald's because this episode of locked on nba is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 mcdonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect look Matt, when I think about McDonald's, I immediately go back to like, you know, middle school. My dad's picking me up from basketball games and we're hitting the McDonald's right down the street from my house. I would only eat chicken nuggets growing up because I was a super picky eater growing up. Now, like I can't go past McDonald's without immediately craving like a spicy chicken sandwich or like my personal go-to if I'm going to have like a meal meal from McDonald's is like the Texas homestyle burger, extra mustard, extra onions, extra pickles, large fry, Dr. Pepper to wash it all down with. What's your go-to meal from McDonald's? I like myself a good double quarter pounder with cheese. No onions. Mm. That's, that's the way I rock it. Mm. Any, any of those options, right? They're great. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Welcome back to Locked On NBA. Jackson Gallon, Matt Moore, taking this home off a 13-game slate. We do, we do the real work here, Jackson. None of these... The, Adam... <laughs> and who's, who's Friday's Adam and... Nick, right? Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Your co host. Give him help. They get the easy slate of the Thursday. You and I, we do the real work of the NBA. The third, the 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 Wednesday 13 games. That's right. Flex on him, Jackson. All right. Let's burn through the rest of these games. Uh Dallas, Chicago. Chicago wins 117-107. Mavs uh, were looking in the first quarter and then completely fell apart. Um, this Mavericks offense is broken and sad. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, Kirstaps Porzingis' numbers look good. I'm telling you that Nikola Vucevic, who only had 18 points on 8-14 shooting, kind of finally broke free and hit some bunnies. Uh, he beasted on, on Kirstaps. DeRozan went right through him several times. Uh, Luka Doncic, 6-18 of 18 for 20 points in this game. The Mavericks were outscored by 20 points with Luka Doncic on the floor, Jackson. 
that's not a recipe for success. Not, not in the slightest at all. Um, okay. Uh, we've got, where are we going next? I will do, we got golden state warriors and Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, final score, one twenty three one ten. And this was Ant went absolutely bonkers in this one. 48 points, 16 to 27 shooting. I continue to be so impressed with the strides that he's taken as just a second year player. Like he really is like, he lets the game come to him. He makes the right reads and his defense has been like the biggest, like, I mean, he was vocal about it earlier this season about needing to be more vocal defensively kind of, almost like keeping cat and D'Lo in check defensively. Right. Which is like, they're like the guys with more NBA experience. So that should kind of be their thing. Not him as a second year player, but okay, go off ant. And he did in this game. And then, you know, the warriors were doing warriors esque things. They're 10 and one. They're dominant on both sides of the basketball this season, but D'Lo started to torch in the third quarter, hit four triples and it looked like the T-Wolves, like, they kept clawing, and it looked like they were going to try and get back in this game. They broke the lead down to, like, seven, and then eight, and then I think six. It went, like, they were just, just didn't have enough to get over the hump yeah. in this game. Draymond Green did leave this game. That absolutely changed the complexion of this yeah. one. Draymond went out about halfway through the third quarter, and that's when, that's about when the D-Lo spark started to happen. So if Draymond doesn't go down, maybe this, maybe the Timberwolves comeback doesn't actually start happening, the fake comeback, because they did wind up losing. Andrew Wiggins dunked on Cat twice. Uh, 14 of 19 from the field for 35 points for Andrew Wiggins, um, including I think he shot 9 of 9 to start the game. So, yeah, they, the this is, again, the Wolves burn all their energy trying to get the comeback, and then they didn't have anything left over. Like, that's just where it comes in. It's like they burned everything trying to get back into the game. I will say Carl Anthony Towns, um, 17 points, a 6-19 shooting. Draymond did a great job defensively on him. The Warriors are just a machine. I still maintain the wolves are not bad. They just need to, they they're going to self-destruct because you can tell the pressure's too much. They need to stay patient. There's good things here. You just got to stay patient. If they tweak things just a little bit, they're going to find it. They're really close. They just got to hang with it, but I feel like they're going to self-destruct. Let's go uh, to Memphis where Memphis is falling back to earth rapidly because their defense absolutely sucks. How about Kelly Oubre? Okay, Kelly Oubre, who is like good it, you can, It's Kelly Oubre with like a million question marks. Like that's yeah. the... <laughs> like, it's, it's like question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, ad nauseum. Um, yeah. So like Oubre was good in Phoenix and then winds gets traded and then winds up in Golden State and is a disaster and is like the guy they removed from the rotation along with Wiseman that made them go on the run and was like out, like everyone's like, he, he's untouchable. Starts the season, he's horrible 37 points in 30 minutes of play. 31, about, about 31 minutes. 37 points in 31 minutes. 13 of 17 shooting, 7 of 9 from 3. The Could starters. Miss. Yeah. Look at this. The starters for Memphis, they won their, like, Jaw had 32 and was a plus 6. DeAnthony Melton was a plus 10. Jaron Jackson was a plus 10. But the bench got nuked by Kelly Oubre Jr. Brandon <laughs> Clark played 12 minutes and was a minus 19. Because Kelly Oubre absolutely went thermonuclear. Uh, the Memphis defense is a tire fire. And until they get that fixed, they're not going to be a serious threat in the Western Conference. Oh, man. Uh, let's go Portland and Phoenix. So Phoenix Suns, Portland Trailblazers, 119-109. The Suns taking the win in this one. Just... I'm cont I continue to be impressed by one. I'm going to, I'm going to give a little bit of a shout out to JaVale McGee because I do like that pickup for the Suns. 
Um, and he's filling in nicely in the absence of DeAndre Aiden. But another guy who's filling in quite nicely in the absence of DeAndre Aiden, Frank Kaminsky, have yourself a night. 31 points, a career high for Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Seven rebounds, three assists on 12 of 18 shooting for him in this one. Devin Booker, a really quiet 12 points, five of 15 shooting performance. Suns get the win in despite despite those lackluster numbers out of Devin Booker. On the other side of the aisle, Damon Lillard, 12 of 23 shooting, 28 points. Norm Powell with 23. Say that again? He broke loose. Like, the story of this game is that Damian Lillard finally had a good game. He finally had a good game, and they got outscored by 13. Yikes. He was more quiet from the three-point line than you would expect, though, in the game, in, like, his, in, like, a break-loose game is the problem. Like, one of four shooting from behind the arc for Dame. Sure. Like that's sure. those aren't Dame esque numbers, right? I'm saying at least like, he had it going inside the arc. It's better than what he's been at. Like that's one of the problems. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's fair. Portland's defense is trash. Frank Kaminsky torched the use of Nurkic. This is a problem. Like Portland's in trouble. Portland's in real trouble on multiple fronts. This there's the I I would I would move Portland to DefCon two at this. Point. They've yet to win a single game on the road this season. Now zero and six on the road is yeah. is it at least a good thing that they're winning at home like is that like can you like at least like salvage a little like any positivity from that or not at all i mean i think a little bit i just i don't know where this team's gonna get better without roster changes and like it's just apparent like oh, there's a stuff going on with olshay i again i just feel like this is a ticking situation the the clock's ticking in, in portland uh last game the denver nuggets were without Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and MVP All NBA First Team Center Nikola Jokic, and they won. They beat the Indiana Pacers behind thirty points from Will the Thrill Barton. Eleven of nineteen shooting, six of nine from three. Barton got in the whole damn bag tonight. He was absolutely phenomenal. He has been the heart and soul of that team for a long time, and he has stuck with the franchise. Barton was a guy that like when the things were really bad, there was like, I want to be here for when this gets good. Cause we're going to be good. And he is stuck with it. He resigned within the summer on what I thought he got less than what he probably should have Uh monster game from Will Barton bones Highland. The numbers don't look good. Three of eight from the field, 12 points and minus two. I'm telling you bones Highland was part of why they won this game Four assists, including some really nice dishes to Zeke Najee, who steps in goes seven of 10 from the field, two of three from three point range with 19 points to help make sure that the bench wasn't a total disaster. Uh, Indiana needs to be just flat out embarrassed by this. Like I I was worried about this game for Indiana because it's the worst motivational spot possible. You're just looking at that roster and you're like, Oh, we're going to win this game. You're in altitude. You're on the road. And it's like that, that spot is bad. And the nuggets always seem to thrive in these adverse situations. You lost to the nuggets without Jokic Pacers. Get it together. You want to do stock watch? Let's dive in. All right. We got Every week, I come up with takes, three takes, and Jackson has to buy, sell, hold, or short, okay? And then I'll give my take on it as well. The first take tonight, we will journey back to the great state of Texas, and I will go ahead and say that tonight was a microcosm of the Jalen versus Cade debate, where Jalen puts up all sorts of numbers, Cade has a quieter game. Jalen talks a lot and gets the highlight reel. And Cade walks out with the win. 
buy, sell, hold, or short, Jackson? I'm selling that take expeditiously (laughs) 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 because... Cade Cunningham. The post well, I, on Rockets is selling no, this take? Well, no. I, look, well, I will admit, Cade Cunningham had some some stellar play. The, t- the tone of this game changed when Cade checked back in, drilled a three, and then on the opposite end, drew an offensive foul. And, and you know, he he turned the tide of this game when he checked back in late. Absolutely. And he, he was impactful in this game. Absolutely. But you can't point to Jalen Green's numbers and say that they weren't impactful. He hit timely shots. He also, I will point to the fact that Jalen Green making extra plays to give the Rockets extra possessions. If they had won that game, Jalen Green had a play where Christian Wood missed everything on a three-point attempt. Jalen Green soars out of bounds, saves the ball back in bounds to KPJ. KPJ gets fouled at the rim and scores two points at the free throw line off of that saved just completely horrendous shot by Christian Wood from Jalen Green, right? Making those little plays, those hustle plays to try and win the game. He's not just out there shooting, you know, 25 plus shots a night. When the game was kind of over, Jalen Green finished with probably about like 17 shot attempts. I think he forked up a couple more when the game was pretty much done for. Yeah, but like it it was about 17 when the game was like over, (laughs) over. Anyways, I'm going to sell that take expeditiously because Jeremy Grant (laughs) had 35 points in this game, had a ridiculous, what was 21 in the third quarter, I think it was. Like, he went on an absolute tear. Just because the Rockets can't defend worth a lick right now and Jeremy Grant went off for 21 points in the third quarter does not suddenly create a referendum on the debate between Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham. They both balled out. So My my favorite part of this is that... uh, Jalen finished with a plus minus of zero and Cade finished with a plus minus of one. (laughs) It's just like, it's so perfect, Jackson. It's so perfect. All right. Take number two. Uh, I am buying that by the way. Uh, Anthony Edwards is the best and most important player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I, I want to sell it. No, I want to sell it. Okay. Still cap? I want to sell it. I, it, yeah, I think it's cat because too, I think too much hinges on cat, right? Like ant is crucial. Yes. But I can't, I can't buy myself into thinking that like, if ants, the best player on that team, they're suddenly going to go places like cat has to be the best player. And then ant can be like, an ancillary piece to cat, if that makes sense, right? Like ant as an ancillary piece to a good Carl Anthony Towns. So I'm gonna sell that because I, I still think it's cat as the most important guy. I'll say this: getting the sense from some Minnesota fans that uh, the patience is running short with 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 cat off of after the the tweet situation and his level of constantly being he was hacked matt how dare you he's he's the other thing i will say is like he seems just like over it he seems to have kind of like been like nothing's gonna change this franchise is too messed up and it's like they're again i'll just say like they're gonna get there he's just if we'll just stay a little patient i really think they're gonna get there um i'll i will sell that for right now too just because um cat is still an all-world talent he's gonna be incredible in his career and my final one miami was a little out over its skis to start this season with its hot, hot start when they were the best team in the East just a few days ago. Now losers of three of four. 
the Heat were a little bit outperforming who they really are to start the season. I want to short this one. Ooh! Ooh! Going all the way with it. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I mean... I, I was not high, like, I was not incredibly high on the Heat, like, coming into the season. I don't think either of us were. I think we had, like, our, like, some very valid concerns about this team. And I think tonight was, uh, it kind of showed us that, right? Suddenly, Jimmy Butler is MIA, and there are questions about this team's ability to close out the Lakers, minus LeBron, and Russ missing ill-advised three-point shot attempts late in, late in game situations. Uh, I don't know, it's... I really like them when they're like at their peak and like healthy, but like one piece goes awry from this team. And that could just be, that might be, that could be injuries. It could be foul trouble on any given night in a game, like things like that. And they're just so top heavy that then when they have to like dip into their bench, I just don't know if they have enough. So that's where I'm at right now. Kyle Lowry is, is averaging 11 points and eight assists on 38% shooting from the field and 32% shooting from three point range. And everyone is, and I'll say this, like I thought he's looked good in terms of like the pace that he's kept in the tempo, but like I test, he's looked good. I test. He's looked good, but like they need more production. You did not get Kyle Lowry for your half court offense to look this bad. So, um, Keep an eye on the heat. There's a lot of ways the season could go. And this, this, this road trip is going to be really interesting. Uh, they have a great bounce back spot though, versus the Clippers. I'm kind of expecting them to, to bounce back versus them during their, their stay uh, as they enjoy the sights and sounds where we began the episode in Los Angeles. Oh, so Take now you out, remember Jack. where the Lakers play. <laughs> Take us out, All right. Guys. With that, that's going to do it for another episode of Locked on NBA. As always, we appreciate you checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you subscribe. Free and available on all platforms. Make it your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd is an amazing host. If you care about fantasy basketball, you've got to go check out his show. He does an amazing job over there. Go give it a listen. Free and available on all platforms. Same as this one. Apple, Spotify, Google the brand new Odyssey app, all those different locations. Also now on YouTube, go subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. But for today's show, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On NBA.